1: Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top
2: Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. Uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg will not be with her, but I'll go through some of her information and I'm going to miss her today. But between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. You know, Kathy and I always want to bring you the best in what's out there as far as leadership development. And so today will be interesting because today's show is entitled Emotional Intelligence Insights and Secrets. So what I want to do is give an opportunity to share just by myself here what are some of the top things about emotional intelligence Uh, insights, some of the input that will be important for you to know, but also some of the secrets in working with emotional intelligence, trying to bring some of this cutting-edge information to individuals that you work with. So I'm going to give you um, some tools to look at, also some opportunities to see what your EQ score is. So a few things that I want to go through in the show here, why is NOW? the perfect time to enhance your leadership and to fill this leadership gap. So we'll go through some of the specifics for that. What are some of the common errors that can derail you and your team? And some of the basics, why being smart and technical is not enough to move up, but what is? What are the top performers doing differently than average performers? And some of these key secrets, some of the key actions you can take. What are some of the myths behind leadership and, and how to navigate them? And really, not just leadership, but to change in general. And then I want to go through some of the tools um, from some of the work that I've done and created. Leadership keys. We're going to go through some of these key uh, keys that will be helpful for you. What do followers want from leaders? We'll go through an aspect of looking at trust. How do you develop trust? What are some of the dynamics? If you're a coach or a leader, how can you use some of these tools with the people that you work with? What is the leadership two-step? That's one of our leadership keys. How do you use it? And this whole idea of uh, taking small initiatives, what we call micro-initiatives. How do you take some of these micro-initiatives to have a macro impact? With the executives that I work with, and I'm sure it's true for you, nobody really has that much time. We're all very, very busy, you know, running 90 miles an hour. So are there some small things that you can do differently? People like these micro-initiatives, not because of initiatives. You have enough initiatives already, but because they're micro and because doing a few things differently, doing a few things more, can really enhance your leadership. So today's show is about giving you some of the key secrets, some of the key insights to move you into the top 10%. So why this top 10%? If you've been listening to our shows, Kathy and I have talked a lot about this, that whether it's you or someone that you're developing, if you can get them to move into the top 10%, they're going to be so much more valuable for the organization. So think for a moment, because all of us know this, I'm sure you can identify, who are those people? They're often your go-to people to get things done. And the goal of all this leadership development that we do here at Leadership Development News, what are the few things that you can do to get your B player to be an A player? I think in a lot of your organizations and the HR groups that I work with, often we are dealing with a lot of your time um, with the C player and how do you get them to be adequate, be accountable and a few people um, that I've coached have spent so much time on their C players that they have neglected some of their B players to the extent that some of these B players now have become unhappy dissatisfied so the goal is really been to focus uh, more on your B players a BA player, so I'm going to give you a few things that you can do. So let me tell you a little bit about uh, Kathy's background, I'll tell you about mine, and then we'll jump uh, right into it. So Kathy, if you've been listening to us for, for a while, Dr. Kathy Greenberg coaches leading executives and entire companies on her proven happiness equals profit strategies. Kathy has authored multiple books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Companies Know. She has the number one bestseller, uh, What Happy Working Mothers Know, and Kathy has also touched millions as a speaker, TV, radio, and media personality, and the founder of the renowned uh, executive consultancy that's called H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People. And she also uh, is on, on TV, on a TV show called The Morning Blend, where she offers her tips, and her segment is called Your Happiness Now. And she has a uh, iPhone app also called Your Happiness Now, where you can actually see Kathy. You can see her glowing face. And uh, sorry, I'm going to miss her today and hear her voice. And really, it's taken from some of the aspects of her um, multiple best-selling books. And Kathy and I, as you know, share a website called Excel Institute, and we do a lot of uh, training with clients uh, together. Bringing her focus, you know, around happiness and positive psychology, and then my focus. So I'll tell you a little bit about my background. So I'm a psychologist and a master level certified coach. Um, I also do corporate leadership trainings. Also a lot of team training, and one of the things that I do is form everything around this concept of emotional intelligence. Why that? You know, I just have found that it has been very, very helpful as an organizing principle. One, emotional intelligence is is interesting. We'll go through some of the basics of it, so some of the secrets for you. But two, there's a whole database, and this database is from a variety of organizations, the the Hay Group, uh, multi-health systems, who all have done a lot of research on this aspect of emotional intelligence, and I've seen this as one of the key factors to have someone perform in the top 10%. So all my programs are based around that. Where's the gap? And that's what I'm going to talk a little bit about today, is how do you raise it? So I know when we've interviewed some of the luminaries in uh, emotional intelligence, um, Daniel Goleman, and Ruben Barron, uh, Richard Boyatzis, the key questions they get asked, and so do Kathy and I, okay, I think I got it. I think I, I realized I should raise my emotional intelligence. What do I need to do, and, and how do I go about that? So that's really been my focus, um, and I have a um, best-selling book called Leading with Emotional Intelligence. It's got 100 tools and strategies zeroing in on that gap. What do you need to do? To move forward. So my website is www.truenorthleadership.com, and like I mentioned, Kathy and and my shared website is uh, www.xcelinstitute.com. We have a a variety of programs that would be worthwhile to check out. And I also have a iPhone app uh, called Leadership Keys, which would be great to download. You go to your App Store. Type in leadership keys, it's usually the first or second thing that comes up. Some of the tools and some of the secrets that I'm going to go through today will be highlighted uh, in there. And so you'll see a video of me or multiple videos explaining some of these key tools. So as we jump into this EI insights and EI secrets for you, I mentioned earlier at the top of the show um, that this is a perfect opportunity you know, for more leaders. And I'll go through some of the, the rationale and the reasons why, but let me ask you a question. Every leader that I've worked with has underestimated their influence over others. So think about that for a minute. Have you underestimated your influence over others? Typically when I work with groups, it's a bold statement, but I'd say almost every single person has underestimated their influence over others. And if you agree with that, then you've underperformed and the people that you influence, your team has underperformed. And there's a variety of uh, reasons um, for that that I'm going I'm to go through. But as you think about this, there's plenty of opportunity for all of us to move forward. One of the reasons that almost everybody uh, has underestimated their influence. And, you know, as I talk about that, one of the few people who probably hasn't, we've done a couple blogs and shows about uh, Steve Jobs. The movie is just out, if you haven't seen it. You know, he's someone who hasn't uh, underestimated his influence. i say there's a handful of folks who probably haven't, but most of us have, have some missed opportunities. Part of the reason is, we are all on automatic. Some of the literature is saying 95% of the time we're on automatic it means that we're just functioning from our long-term memory and and um, you know basically like a robot. And so we've missed opportunities to consciously be aware of what we're saying, consciously be aware of what we're doing, consciously be aware of raising. Uh, the emotional intelligence truly developing others, and the more uh, conscious you are, the more in charge of your life and your contributions you'll be. So I want to share some of the secrets and things that i've that I've had over the years uh, to help you here. So I mentioned earlier that this is we're at a great opportunity to uh, have more leaders. We need more leaders. Some of the researchers are on forty percent of organizations say they do not have enough leaders. And now, is that your organization? Is that um, an opportunity for you? And so, the basic reasons that this uh, we're need more leaders. There's a couple of demographics that are going on. One is the baby boomers are retiring. A couple of the stats I've heard about ten thousand baby boomers are you know, retiring each day is about 78 million baby boomers. By the year uh, 2020, so really five, six years away, about 30 million of those baby boomers, 30 million of those uh, 78 million are going to reach the age of 65. And so that's why, you know, almost uh, every day, loads of people are retiring and will retire. So we're, the, we're losing brains But not only are we losing brains, we're losing the brains that have a little bit more emotional intelligence. Generation X, Generation Y, Generation uh, Y has about 46 million. So there's a, a, a lot less of the folks who are in their 40s and 50s and moving into these new leadership positions. And Generation Y, that is a bigger group demographics. I think they're, again, over 70 million. And the reason that they are documented have a little less emotional intelligence is solely because the hour-for-hour hour in front of a screen versus the hour-for-hour hour in front of a person. So the capability is there, but anybody that uh, you know, has kids and seen even the younger generations, how many hours are in front of their phone or in front of their, their screen? So that's one of the reasons um, we have this brain drain. And then good leaders drive organizational profit, productivity, and engagement. So we have this, we need more leaders because of the brain drain, the demographics I mentioned, and the power and influence of the leaders around organization, profit, productivity. And then the other aspect of the best leaders, that has been documented, you know, have more emotional intelligence. So the focus of this is what are the steps, what are the tools, you know, how do you raise emotional intelligence? So we're going to go to our first break, and this is Leadership Development News, and we will be right back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for
3: us at keyword Voice America. How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066.
1: The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
2: I'm Dr. Roy Nadler, uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. My co-host is not with us today and missing her. But today we're talking about EI uh, insights and secrets. So we talked about the need for more leaders in the first segment and that leaders contribute to the organization. And when you have that, you're going to have more financial security for the individuals in the organization and, you know, for yourself. So one of the things I mentioned is that when you look at emotional intelligence, you look at techno expertise, and you look at um, IQ, intellectual quotient, most of the research is showing that the key factor, and there's a lot of studies and dissertations these days and corporations that are all studying this, that depending on the research, anywhere from 30 to 40%, up to you know 60 to 70 percent, depending on the research. The key factor that will lead to your success is more emotional intelligence than either technical expertise or your IQ. And the reason that is, you get hired for your tech expertise, your IQ, and then typically you end up leaving that job or getting promoted, and you do maybe less of your technical aspects, more of getting other people. To have to do things, direct them, communicate, hold them accountable, motivate them. So that really becomes, you know, quite challenging uh, for each person because those are the things um, that you is not necessarily your background or your training. Sometimes I would say to organizations, it's almost unfair. Here you have all these certifications, hours of experience, classes in your technical expertise. You do so well at that, and they go, okay. We're going to put you in front of these five or six people, and you're going. Oh, I don't really have that many classes. Uh, I don't really have that much experience. Well, how am I supposed to do that? And so that's where this whole aspect uh, comes in. So some of the key, uh, you know, problems, and then we'll go through the solutions. You know, as I mentioned, is we have this gap. Also, as you know, most people are in meetings most of the day. Only 21 percent of workers know how well they're doing. This is from some of the research from Leadership IQ. So one out of five of your people know how well they're doing. The reason is most of us are in meetings. You know, 66% of employees say they do not see their boss. They do not see you enough if you're the boss. Some of the research from uh, Ken Blanchard's group, when they've looked at what leaders fail to do, these are basic things. So think about for yourself. Where are you? 82% of leaders fail to provide feedback, positive or negative. 82%. And it's basically time, not that they don't want to, but it gets relegated. 81% fail to listen or involve others. Um, And then being able to individualize their leadership. A couple of the other key aspects when you think about praise and recognition. So one of the keys, doesn't cost anything, it's, it's, it um, doesn't take much time. But in the American workforce, this is from Gallup, 65% of Americans have received no praise, no recognition in the last year. And only 30% of employees are fully engaged. And so why do we focus so much on the leader with leadership development is of just the influence that you have? Leaders have anywhere from 50 to 70% influence over the team. And we like to say, Kathy and I, that they are the emotional thermostat for the team. So why some of the issues or problems? You know, one is this, I'm going to go through these seven uh, leadership errors. So you may want to just think about this for yourself or if you supervise other folks, um, which one of these would you need to kind of focus on? Well, one of the, the errors, and begin because we're on automatic, is this generalization of skill. Leaders are promoted for reasons other than leadership, either technical skills or being a good individual performer. You can manage yourself, therefore you know how to manage others. So this era leaves new managers and leaders unprepared and set up for failure. And I think we all do that. You know, because you're good in this area, therefore we assume that you're going to be good doing that with others. So there's a generalization of skill. There's this, what's called the spotlight era. And leaders are under the spotlight 24-7. Every action scrutinized, analyzed, interpreted more so than the leaders realize. That's why we're underestimating our influence. Your leadership uh, credibility can be crumbled with an off-the-cuff communication or reactive response. So is that true for you? You know, is the spotlight error true for you? Is the, spotlight error, is the generalization error true for you or for your team? Influence error. So this is the third one. We've got generalization of skill, spotlight error, influence error. Uh, followers, want to, followers want to please the leader and are waiting to acknowledge for the progress and unique skills. Every day, leaders miss opportunities to enhance their influence over others. Often leaders underestimate or appreciate just how much power and influence they actually have. I was working with a uh, a top executive of a bank who basically sold his bank uh, to a bigger bank. And so he'd always kind of worked for himself and, you know, was an entrepreneur and had about four or five branches, sold to a bigger bank that had about 50 branches. And so he reported directly to the CEO and obviously very successful, you know, one of the, stock, the, the top uh, stockholders. And in the coaching with him, I remember him saying, you know, I, I never hear from uh, my supervisor how well I'm doing. You know, and he was at the the top of his game, top income, and it's just a human need. I remember thinking, hmm, you know, he, he shouldn't have to hear that, but that's just a human need. We all want to know how well we're doing. So that's part of this influence era. Another error, number four, is neglect error. The tasks of the leadership are often relegated and neglected in favor of the crisis or hot issue of the day. The basic leadership functions of giving direction, feedback, delegating, coaching are easily put off uh, till the leader has time to finish their urgent tasks. So some of the brain neuroscience uh, now has recently told us that you can focus on analysis. Or your brain can be on empathy. And analysis is the problem of the day. I like to say that's the shiny light. It's the shiny light, and that gets your your attention. So when you're focusing on the shiny light, what are you not focusing on? What you're not focusing on is the people. And you are relegating some of these small things that you could be doing with them to help them better perform. So that's the neglect error one is style alignment error. Leaders communicate, they organize, they delegate, they give feedback in their own preferred manner. Hey, if it works for me, it'll work for them. That's the mental model. This will leave leaders only partially successful, and it's really with people who are similar to them. Why some of the assessments like Myers-Briggs, the DISC, are really good to understand that you have to have multiple tools in your toolkit. Um, and change how you communicate. So, really good leaders, those top ten percent leaders, are changing their style to meet their direct reports. Marcus Buckingham, who we interviewed on the show, has a great uh, metaphor. Are do you know all your people as chess players or as checkers? If they're all checkers, everybody's the same; they move one place forward. If they're chess players, you know their unique strengths. So that's the fifth one, style alignment error. The sixth one is focus error. Followers expect and want their leaders to be well-intentioned, well have well-thought-out plans, have clear direction, and know what, how the followers contribute. If that's you, think of these expectations that your followers are having of you. You're going to know their strengths. You know exactly what you want. Um, you're very clear. And we know with so much going on that that's not always the case when leaders are often scattered, defocused, not clear on what they want, or how the task is carried out. Now, is that true for you? That's the focus error. And the last one is the frequency error. Uh, If, in fact, the leader has the skill, which they don't always do, and makes the time occasionally, they don't employ the necessary strategies frequently enough to be successful. It's too little to be truly effective and successful with the strategy to make a significant difference so it's like exercising once a week. You know, it's probably okay, but you would increase your your health and everything else if you were to get it to three times a week. That's someone who meets expectations. Someone who exceeds expectations is exercising five or six times a week. So each of these things, maybe you do do, but are, are you doing it enough? So I'll read through it again. Number one is generalization of skill error. Number two is the spotlight error. Number three is the influence error. Number four is the neglect error. Number five is the alignment error. Number six is the focus error. And number seven is the frequency error. And when we think about each of these, and you think about the uh, emotional intelligence, the simple definition I like to use is understanding yourself and managing yourself, understanding others, and managing others. One of the people that we interviewed on our show was Chip Conley, and he has a book called Emotional Equations. And after interviewing him, I said, okay, so what's the equation for being a top 10% performer? And so a simple equation is E times I times C. The E is empathy, the I is insight, and the C is clarity. So empathy times insight times clarity the more that you know about yourself, which is insight, the more that you know about others, which is empathy, and then the clarity is the catalyst for both. So the E times I times C. And so I put the E times I versus I times E just because that's the initials for emotional intelligence. And one of the things that I'll mention a couple times, if you want to find out about your emotional intelligence – you know, there is a EQI assessment, and uh, we're doing a uh, webinar that you actually will be able to get an EQ score. And if you're interested in that, <clears throat> there's a <clears throat> link, which is ahttp, colon, forward slash, forward slash, bit.ly, bit.ly forward slash EI Insights HTTP colon forward slash forward slash bit B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash EI Insights where you can basically get your EQ score we'll talk a little bit more about that and we're going to go to our next break and we're, when we come back we'll start going through some of the other kind of key tools that you can do this is Leadership Development News and we'll be right back
4: For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. And we just
2: went through um, the definition and our formula, E times I times C. I want to give you a little bit of background about the history of motion intelligence, and then we'll go into some of the key tools and some opportunities for you. So, how these competencies, and with the EQI, there's 15 competencies where you can get a score and see where you are overall, but also on these 15 competencies. A lot of this started with David McClellan, who was a Harvard psychologist. He wrote an article in 1958 called Talent and Society with a couple of co-authors. And that really started the movement for instead of looking at IQ, let's look at a competency. And a competency you may want to think of as a skill that's really honed down. You really are, are good at this skill. And so they started doing research on what was the difference between someone who is a top performer and someone who is an average performer. You may think about in your company, someone who exceeds expectations, someone who meets expectations, someone who's highly effective versus effective. We all want to know that. What's the difference? Well, they started researching that and then it was called the Hey, McBurr. David McClellan was the Mick and the McBurr. And so it was really a different line of questionings, and it really uses behavioral interviewing process to look at what are these exceptional people doing that the average people are not. Let's delineate that. Let's drop out these key competencies, but then also these key behaviors then that you can get measured on. So in the history of, of this, um, you know, the, some of the key leaders in emotional intelligence really date back to David McClellan. So David McClellan was the dissertation advisor at Harvard for for both Daniel Goleman and for Dr. Richard Boyatzis who were basically two of the key you know founders of one stream of emotional intelligence. And in 1975 Richard Boyatzis started working with uh, McClellan and doing research on key competencies. And then he did the first competency study that, that he knows about, 1975. So this goes way back. And looking at, in the U.S. Navy, what are some of the key differences between people who exceed uh, expectations and meet. In 1985, so 10 years later, Ruben Baron, who basically created the EQI, EQI is a... The assessment's got 133 questions. Very, very well-researched. There's a 360-degree feedback. You know, I mentioned earlier, if you want to get your scores on that, you can go to that um, site I told you. And Rubin created that for his dissertation. So this was his Ph.D. dissertation. Then he teamed up with multi-health systems. um, And it probably was in the 90s that he teamed up with multi-health systems. And then they... uh, had a partnership in his EQI, and it was the EQI 1.0. So Ruben and Multi-Health Systems started having an assessment in the 1990s. 1995 was when Goldman wrote his book on emotional intelligence. And Goldman was a, a writer in the New York Times before that with Psychology Today. And so he would call up his old buddy, Richard Boyatis, who at that time then was president, of the Hay-McBurr Group, so a consulting group that really would look at competencies. And he was the president. And uh, Goldman said, so what are you guys working on? And a lot of that research that Goldman came up with really happened from those relationships and going back to David McClellan. So the key gap is what do you do? And I want to share a couple of these first different tools that you can kind of uh, work on. And what's interesting about this is... These are small things. So these are these micro-initiatives that you could do. They don't take much time, but you demonstrate your emotional intelligence in relationship with others. It could be two or three minutes, you know, that you are demonstrating your emotional intelligence. So to give you a couple of examples, so the, we have this um, micro initiatives equal macro-impact. And so this helps people get into this top 10%. So here's, here's a, an, an idea. Here's an average uh, to good leader giving feedback. May say, hey, Mary, thanks for getting that report to me. Takes three seconds. As in a micro-initiative, what if the same person, this is more the great leader, Mary, terrific job on the report because it was well-written, I appreciate you checking in with me during the process. I liked how you collaborated with others, uh, and it'll make us and you look good in the customer's eyes. So maybe that took 18 seconds. You have three seconds. Thanks a lot. 18 seconds. So what did I do in those 18 seconds? Well, in feedback, and especially if it's positive feedback, I highlighted four things. And I don't know if you heard that in my example, but I highlighted four things. And why four things? Because it was successful. And I would like uh, Mary to repeat that. So, one of the tools that we talk about is trying to make leadership into a process. Think about all the processes that you have at, your, at work. You know, everything is a process, but often leadership is not a process. So, this simple example, and here's one tool uh, around feedback, and it's point out what is right. And you want repeated. So the acronym will be POW, point out what is right, and you want repeated. So it's almost like it sounds like power, P-O-W-R-R. Are you doing that? Are you underlining what you want the person uh, to do? Again, turn it into a process. And we often just say, thanks, that was good. And in, in the past, they may have done 50 things. Are you giving them more information to how to please you. And how to please you and perform is being taking that one step, and that's maybe another 15 seconds. So I would encourage you to point out the four things that uh, were impactful. And which four things? The ones you'd want to see them turn into a process. The ones you want to have a methodology. You have a prescription. So they could do that. So, for example, like I mentioned, you know, you came in and you, you asked me questions right away. Some people think I'm too busy, but that was that was good. You're underlining that. You want them to know you're available. Do it again. You collaborated with others on this. One of our values is collaboration. That really seemed to work. So that's one of those things and, and one, one tool that's a micro-initiative. And then I gave you the POWRR, point out what's right. And you want to see repeated. A big piece of this is just taking the time. I'll give you one other uh, example. Uh, So, here's an average good leader with someone who has poor performance for this micro initiative. John is is not performing. Uh, Gee, I'd like him to get, uh, I would like him to perform better. So, I'd say, hey, John, let's make sure you do everything right. Get it right this time, okay? So, I think I'm giving him feedback. That's two seconds. A great leader with a poor performance issue, instead, is going to give a micro initiative and is going to say, um, "John, let's spend some time going over the next assignment together. You haven't been performing like I know you can, and I want you to. And I want to help. You have always been meeting expectations. So tell me what's going on here, and I'm sure we can come up with a plan that will make a difference to you. When can we meet?" That's maybe 18 seconds. So do you hear the difference in that, and then also kind of how that was phrased, and the, the hope that was there for, for John in that situation? So stars make a habit of doing what the average person is uncomfortable doing, and it's often doing something a little bit more. So when I work with executives, you know, sometimes they get feedback. You get 360-degree feedback, and you say, oh, I got a lot of things to work on. Oh, it's overwhelming. And you can only really work on one or two things, you know, typically at a time. But if can you identify what are the couple things that you need to do more of? So it's the dial-up. And when you can identify those few things and you could say to your direct reports, you know, you're already doing this, could you do it more? Could you do it more is a dial-up behavior. We all know kind of turning the dial for, you know, on your radio or whatever else, from a five to six, turn it up. There may be a few things, and sometimes we call these derailers. In my book, I have the derailer detector, that you need, to turn, you need to dial down. On the EQI, for example, let's say you are high in assertiveness but low in empathy. There could be a tendency that your high assertiveness is getting in your way. So the idea is not to stop being assertive, but are you aware of when you've crossed over? Now your strength has become a weakness, and you're going to want to dial that down. So that would be an example of a dial-down behavior. And then you have an example of a dial-up behavior. So I think what makes things easy for folks they go, oh, I could do that. That's kind of, That one is easy. So one of the other things... That I wanted to mention is do you know what your strengths are? So, this is another tool for you. And someone that we interviewed, Marcus Buckingham, defined strengths around energy. So, there's a pre aspect to this. What are some of the things that you get excited about and that you anticipate? There's energy, there's the pre, you're excited about it. Think about that for you. You can ask those questions for your direct reports. What are the things that you do that you're get energized from not just that you're good at it sometimes you're good at something that drains energy but you're in the the sports state of flow you're excited you're uh, you know just this is where the automatic operation is is working well that you're just in the flow and you're excited and then afterwards has an afterglow you think about it it went well so for your direct reports that would be another really good question so You know, let's talk about your strengths, but let's talk about what gives you the most energy, and could you help them do that a little bit more, the dial-up, you know, do that a little bit more, maybe 10% or so. So we're going to go to our, our last break. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back.
1: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Today,
2: we're talking about emotional intelligence, insights, and secrets. So we just went through a couple of the key tools, conversations that you can apply to some of these EI aspects. We talked about power, P-O-W-R-R, point out what's right and repeated. We talked about identifying some of the key strengths. One of the other secrets of EI we talked about a little earlier would be if you want to find out what your EQ score is. Up and coming, we're going to have a uh, webinar that you'll be able to um, find out, take the EQI 2.0 and get your scores. And so it's http colon forward slash bit dot So that's these bit uh, links that shorten it. And then forward slash EI Insights. If you're already someone uh, who's, who wants to use the EQI, both Kathy and I are doing a certification uh, in some weeks coming up that you can get a hold of. And that same uh, first part of the website, http colon forward slash forward slash bit.ly, so same as the other one, this one is forward slash EQI certification. So that's if you want to basically use the EQI, we're going to do a training. And if you just want to take it and find out, be a part of the webinar. It's the EEI Insights. One's EQI Dash Certification. The other is EEI Insights. So we talked about a couple of those tools, and I want to uh, pass on a tool that I've used for for a long time around trust. I mentioned that earlier. So when uh, Jim Coozes, who we just recently uh, interviewed, talked about The research he's done, Kuz and Posner on characteristics of admired leaders, they have had the same characteristics, and they've done this study in 1987, 1995, 2002, 2007. What did they come up with? These same key things that leaders want from their followers. And, you know, what they want is someone who's honest, someone who's forward-looking, someone who's competent. I'm going to talk in a minute about the honest. But forward-looking is that sense of direction, concern for the future. Do you have their back, um, that they're inspiring, they're enthusiastic, they're energetic, you know, about the future. You know, and can you personalize the future for the individuals? So it's similar to some of the optimistic aspects in the EI model. And Zenger and Folkman who've written The Extraordinary Leader, talked about this inspirational leadership, which is really forward-looking, is the key leadership quality. You know, So how are you on that? Competent is your relevant experience and judgment. And honest is, was the first one we talked about. So when we talk about someone who's honest, um, often people fall into a category that uh, is unhonest. So it's not dishonest. But it's unhonest. If you're unhonest, it has the same characteristics of somebody who is dishonest. And this goes back to an early research article Um, when I was a psychologist in prior practice. I've used numerous times. So you think about trust. And, you know, honesty is going to lead to trust. Whether this is can you trust your direct reports? Can you trust your boss? Um, it's made up of three components. One is competence. Two is predictability. And three is dependability. So I would have people rate, and you can do this yourself, rate yourself. On a 1 to 10, where are you at competence? Or let's say you're dealing with, you're managing someone. Where are they at competence? That's usually a higher score. It's the second and third one, predictability and dependability. So predictability is basically consistent over time. Do you know exactly what's going to happen over time with this person? And, you know, they're consistent. They are predictable. Often that is the one that people get themselves in trouble with. Dependability is a little different. In a time of a crisis, can you count? Can you depend on this person? So I would use this in coaching um, and to say, okay, so where is this person? Especially if they mention the word trust. And so I've tried to break it down. So where are they at competence, knowing the job, 1 to 10? Where are they at predictability? It's often that's the key one. The person is not predictable. There are four or five. And then dependable, they may be there in a crunch. You know, they've got to stay late. They, they could be there. That's the second one if there's an issue. The predictability one, though, is really good because what that really says is that person needs to be more consistent. They need to be more predictable. What happens to you? or? is if someone is not predictable, a lot of your mental energy is trying to predict their, their behavior because they're not predicting it. I wonder if they're going to show up today. I well, you know, wonder if i got to check their, that report again. Um, you know, I wonder if they did that. They're not predictable. And I've done this where I've used these three things, and I've said, so where do you think your boss is for you? It raises the awareness for the individual, typically around predictability. You could use this with two people. So I've done it with the boss and the direct report. It was quite salient, you know, around this predictability issue. So that is something that's really important. And I'll leave you maybe with one last tool. So we've gone through the strengths. We've gone through power. We've gone through um, this idea of being honest and the unhonest. Is when these little white lies come up. You're either omitting something or you're minimizing. And so if that's you or someone else, that's one of the things that lead to be unpredictable. But just know the consequence of omitting or minimizing. It's a made-up word. It's unhonesty. What the consequence of that is, they're not going to trust you. You're not outright lying, but the consequence is going to be the same. Do you want to take that chance? So that's this made-up word of unhonesty. And then we talked about trust. And the last one I'll leave you, again, this is on the um, leadership keys, and I mentioned you can get that that app, is what's called the leadership two-step. It's a quick one. When are you in and when are you out? When are you stepping in and when are you stepping out? And it's an in, uh, step in, step out, step in, step out. And, and for new leaders, even seasoned leaders, they may – be in when they should be out, and they may be out when they should be in. So the first step in is you're setting a project uh, or launching something, and you're setting the vision, you're setting structures, you're clarifying expectations, you're saying here's a deliverable, here's the resources that you have, and then you also are encouraging and motivating. So I ask people to rate themselves on a 1 to 10. You can do that. Where are you at launching a project? Giving all everything you need, managing expectations, but also encouraging? And motivating. Then you step out. That's the second one. So you'd rate yourself 1 to 10, 10 being high. Then you step out. You leave them alone. You let them come to you if they have questions. You empower them. You you say, well, go ahead. Use your best judgment if they come to you. Or, you know, Steve, why don't you talk with Mary? She's got a good feel for it because everybody should know it. Use the resources versus just coming back to you. You want to fight the urge to step in and take over. And you don't want to take the monkey's. So that's a good graphic. There's a famous Time management article from Harvard Business Review. Who's got the monkey? And The monkey is the problem. So someone walks in, and, and your direct reports have trained you. They walk in, and they scratch their head, and I don't know, how am I supposed to do this? Or who did you want me to talk with? Or where was I supposed to start? And what do you do? You say, because you're on automatic, you know, it's easier for me. Uh, I'll do it. I know so-and-so. I've done it before. It's quicker. You take the monkey but then you have nowhere to put the monkey down because you've trained that person and everybody else. So now you're out and then you step in again. So you rate yourself one to 10. You step in when it's going well, one to 10 praise, acknowledge And you also step in when it's not going well. And that's conflict for many people that needs to be done. You have to write the ship. So it's this dance, the leadership two step where are you at that? Do you step in when it's not going well? And the last one is similar, you step out. So you can rate yourself on the first step in, then step out, then step in when it's going well, step in when it's not going well, and step out when it's uh, just like the first one. So that's the leadership two step. If you want some more information on that, you can go to the leadership keys. It's both on the excelinstitute.com and on True North Leadership. If you want to take the EQI, find out about your leadership, what's your EQ score, there'll be some convenient webinars, and it's HTTP forward, uh, colon forward slash forward slash bit.ly, so that's a shortened URL, bit.ly, and then forward slash EI Insights. If you're interested in getting certified, you know, with Kathy and I, same first part of that, you know, the bit.ly forward slash EQI certification so thank you hopefully these uh, tools will help you move forward you learned a little bit more about emotional intelligence some of the history a little bit of the secrets and some of the tools that both Kathy and I use uh, time in and time again so thank you for tuning in to tune up your performance and this is Leadership uh, Development News signing off and we'll listen to you hopefully you'll be out there again we'll have some more tips for you next week thank
1: you